You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! You have no idea how good it feels to say this, but welcome back to Fly in the Hall. After a few weeks of unexpected life craziness, I'm so excited to get back into the swing of things with the podcast. Don't worry, Flying the Call's not going anywhere. Today the show returns with Wallace. Originally starting out as a solo project rooted in rock and roll and grunge, Wallace is now a full band with clear pop punk and emo influences. At the start of the month, they wrapped up the release of their EP slash movie Grapefruit, which was split into five separate chapters released over two months. In this episode, we talk about that ambitious project, the concept behind it, the transition to embracing the full band aspect of Wallace, and a bunch more. So sit back and enjoy. I guess kind of just jumping right in, if you guys want to, you know, just do a quick intro, uh, your name and what you do in the band so listeners can kind of distinguish your voices. Sure. I'm Hannah. I play bass. Um, I'm Adam. I play drums. Uh, And I'm Wallace and I play guitar and sing. Awesome. And I mean, one of the things that I'm like always curious about with, uh, music releases it's kind of like the timeline stuff and you know especially with the pandemic going on I'm like when did how do you kind of like get everything done when did that everything start to come together for the grapefruit EP and movie project and like what were some of the like challenges with getting that stuff done um well we started I guess like the actual almost a year ago yeah almost a year ago we started the actual like recording process that was probably in January it was like January of 2020 so um it was before like the pandemic like really hit and there were like lockdowns and stuff um but we got the majority of the tracking done I would say like before any of that happened um and then once once it was actually a thing we were really lucky that it was like a super small crew of people there were only five of us um so it was like pretty easy to stay like very isolated um and work through that so we could still like film kind of in the early early quarantine days but it was like very obviously delayed by like lockdowns and us not wanting to expose ourselves or other people. Yeah, we really had to adapt our plans That's throughout, true. you know, the yeah. whole course of the pandemic. That's true. Like, uh, like in terms of shooting videos and stuff, I don't think we shot a single video in the like originally intended location just because we had to move stuff around and such, you know. I think was like this was supposed to be released in April. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously there were a lot of <laughs> a lot of things that changed. 
Yeah, and I mean, like, what was kind of like the, I, I know you kind of originally intended to um, release it as like the full 18 minute movie. And then you kind of scrambled at the last moment to, you know, break it up into chapters to kind of make it a little bit more uh, consumable for people who might, necessar- not, might not necessarily want to make that investment. What was that kind of like process, like switching that up at the last minute? I mean, that confusing to say the least. <laughs> but it, I think it worked a lot better. Um, like I've received a lot of messages from people um, that were telling me that this chapter idea was the right move. Yeah, I feel like we were planning to be playing a bunch of shows, you know, as the new music came out. Um, obviously, as we weren't able to do that. Uh, it really helps to stretch our content releases out over yeah. the course of months mm-hmm. just to keep people engaged. For sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, did you, like, see any kind of, like, changes in the fan base and the fan reaction um, as the, the releases progressed? Yeah, I mean, I would like to say that every single one got kind of like a little bit more traction. Um, we were definitely seeing people engaging with the content like we think we've never seen before, which has been really cool. So I think that um, we've definitely been able to like expand our audience and um, and get connected with people that like we hadn't been before, which has been super cool over the last few months. Um, and like, I don't know if, you know, we would have had the opportunity to get, engage with all of those people had we not done it like the singles, you know? Yeah, and I, I feel like it also extends further than the band page. Uh, like our band social media has gotten a lot of like reception to every single video. But I, I mean, I can't speak for the two of them, but indiv- like individually, myself, I've already noticed a lot more followers even if it's you know just from like sharing content yeah yeah like every single week like we release a video and i will see a uptick in my followers worldwide web right (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think it's, it's so interesting like that so many bands are kind of like taking that approach like the sing- like pretty constantly releasing singles um rather like i'm very much an album oriented person but it, it is really cool to kind of have that you know those touch points to you know just check in with this band and be reminded about them you know it's like sometimes when an album drops in january by december you forget about it but if you're being like every couple of weeks being hit with a new single it's like it keeps that momentum going and keeps them in your mind <laughs> Right, right. For sure, yeah. For sure. Yeah, and I mean, I know that, like, the writing process for um, the self-titled album was kind of when the project was more of a solo project. And, um, you know, so it was, like, a lot more insular, the the writing process. Um, and, you know, the, the EP was kind of more collaborative. Could you tell me a little bit about how, you know, the, that process changed for you? Yeah, I mean, I would say, like, like you're saying with the first album, it was more like a collection of songs that had already been written and arranged that like Hannah and Adam came in and played on. um, And that was like the album. Whereas for this one, we did it a lot differently where for most of these songs, like I would come to them with 
some lyrics and like a couple of chords, like maybe one chorus and we would all kind of work on it and like arrange it together. So I think there's so much more like of Hannah and Adam in this record. And I think it's so much better because of it, honestly. Um, but it definitely changed a lot and became a lot more collaborative, I would say. And I mean, for you, Hannah and Adam, how was it kind of like jumping in with a solo project versus, you know, being able to, you know, specifically write your parts and kind of develop that together? I mean, um, it was way more exciting for me to be a part of the songwriting process from start to finish. Yeah, I guess I just feel a bit more invested in SEP than I ever did the first release uh, because I didn't, you know, get to experience that side of it with that one. Yeah, man, I would definitely have to agree with that. Um, like, it was, I guess, more fun to like write and create this. EP because like even though I very much enjoyed writing the self-titled like being able to uh, put myself into the EP was a lot better. I remember being in the car the first time we all listened to the very early Icarus demo that Wallace put together <laughs> with like the garage band drummer Kyle holding down the parts and like I don't know I'll just always remember that it was just like so exciting to hear that <laughs> song and that is my favorite song it's it's held up <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, I think that's one of my favorites as well like the, especially like the bridge part in it like I, I really love that section in particular <laughs> honestly that was probably the first section that was written for this entire album that was something we used to always jam on and be like we should put that in a tune someday yeah um, yeah it, it was very difficult as a piece like just to write i don't know i i enjoy it like it's again the to repeat hannah like it's one of the like my favorite songs on the album um but dang it's hard <laughs> what about it was hard uh timing i guess like i don't know uh, something about like the speed and changing uh like changing of sections was very difficult but extremely fun yeah it might be the fastest song we play <laughs> i think I, I think so too yeah yeah, watching the video and seeing you doing those drum parts, it's like you, you're moving insanely fast for some of that stuff. <laughs> I um, So the first two times we played that song live, um, I accidentally smacked myself in the face. With my <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> I mean, like musically, the EP is kind of like a lot brighter and in some ways like more contemporary sounding um than the album and I'm, I'm curious kind of like what were some of the the newer influences that came in and how did that kind of you know the development of your sound uh kind of go about um i would say for me i i guess for this for the first record i feel like i was listening to a lot of like classic rock and a lot of like grunge and stuff like that um and then in the last two years since that album came out, I feel like I've gotten really into like emo music and a lot of pop music. Um, so I think getting into that, that started to really come in. Like I think that 
that this EP is a little bit poppier, a little bit more melodic, um, but also like sadder and more emo at the same time. Uh, and I think that's where, where it came from. That's exclusively what I've been listening to for the past two years. And I mean, were, were there any like um, specific influences that, you know, you kind of drew from for, you know, any specific parts or songs in general? I would say lyrically, um, a lot of it came from like the Wonder Years. I, I got real, I slept on the Wonder Years for a very long time and, and got into the Wonder Years. Um, You're welcome. Yeah, Adam took me to a Wonder Years concert and it like <laughs> changed everything for me. Yeah. Um, we, we went to a sad summer. Uh, yeah. best, like the only one. <laughs> yeah, so I would say like a lot of Wonder Years and also just, yeah, like more pop stuff. Like I got really into like Taylor Swift um, and kind of shit like that, like well-written pop tunes. And like, like lyrically driven, like storytelling mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. And I feel like, in my opinion, I feel like that really helped your writing well thank you <laughs> well thank you uh, yeah i mean it seems like you know just from talking to you now i mean obviously we've connected in the past and you know talking to you now it seems like you guys have a very kind of like close connection and i don't know like the, the relationship is very much like you kind of are you, you say it like it is to each other uh, can you talk a little bit about that and how it kind of like influences the band I just feel like we've been doing it for a while now, like two, yeah. over two years, I guess. Yeah. Almost three at this point, yeah. Yeah, getting there. Um, yeah, like we all just have been very close um, and it just feels like a very honest connection. Like I can't speak for the two of them, but it just seems easy to say, exactly what I'm feeling to the two of them. And I would like to believe that they feel the same way. Oh, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bro, we live together. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, I was gonna say, I mean, within the last two years, like our, our two, three years, our lives have become so much like more intertwined. Um, you know, we're, we're obviously like, you know, great friends outside of the band. Um, and like when we started, when we started this project, I feel like, um, like Adam and I had just met uh, through like another through band, right? Band. And yeah. like um, Hannah wasn't even living in Philly yet. Uh, so it was a lot different than it is now where we all live, you know, within a half mile of each other. Adam and I live together and Hannah lives like a few blocks away. Um, so the three of us are together like all the time. We met it. Skulls, right? Yeah, we met yeah, at um. The first time I met you at a Wallace show. At a Wallace show. Um, there you go. Yeah. That's the yeah. first one I ever played. Yeah, but like before, it was the three of us. Um, I met oh, Hannah gosh. in like a backyard. Before we played the show, right? So yeah, so I mean, there's the evolution, right? Is like these two met at our first show, um, <laughs> and now the three of us all live in the same neighborhood and hang out all the time, so. Like walking distance. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you kind of mentioned before about, you know, the EP being kind of like a cohesive piece. And I know it's kind of, there's, it's, there's a strong concept behind it. Can you talk, talk a little bit about that concept and kind of like how you, also how you brought it into the video aspect? Yeah, um, I mean, like the album concept, obviously it's about like, you know, 
a lost love, like breakup situation. Um, and when we kind of came up with the idea like a long time ago as a very conceptual sort of thing, like a very, uh, it was like a fictional story. Um, I just like, when we thought of this, it was me and you just like really, really drunk on the 4th of July. That's true. Um, yes, that's true. Adam and I <laughs> thought of this idea and we called <laughs> Hannah and we're like, we're coming over to your house. And we drunkenly stumbled to Hannah's house. And like and told her made, this idea, made, made her this listen to this story. idea. Yeah. So that's really, that's the origin story here. Um, and then- Sorry for oversharing. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the uh, video idea. I was in this room, I remember, as the three of us conceptualizing go. together. And there's this piece of art hanging over the doorway in this room that has a, a photo of a grapefruit. Uh, like cut in half for yeah. section. Well, a citrus fruit. A citrus. Yes. <laughs> for our purposes, it was a grapefruit. It rolls off the tongue a bit nicer. But the whole symbolism with the grapefruit, um, what were you saying? I mean, it, it's it, a, it appears in like mental health. And the uh, sex. dream. <laughs> drug like, use. Uh, like drug use uh, and like dream ideas. Fruit. Yeah, and just like the really s the simplicity of like um it, like just the bitterness of it, right? Like the bitter, it's a bittersweet fruit, and like life is this like bittersweet thing, and like love is this bittersweet thing. Um, and that's where like a bunch of the imagery came from. So we kind of just like tried to tie it into into all the videos and the concept. Um, yeah, and like it's like a progression of like your perception. Yeah, and I, I know you've all been, you know, in bands before, and I'm curious, like, has, you know, doing a concept release been um, something that you've done in the past? And if not, like, what was it kind of like, you know, discovering that process? Um, I mean, for me, like, honestly, um, making a concept album has been like, a dream of mine since I was like 13. Like, I've written... I've conceptualized like a hundred concept albums in my life, right? Um, that have never been written. So like finally writing and sitting down, like I'm really fascinated with the idea of, you know, a cohesive story and like taking the art, like taking things beyond just like a collection of, you know, however many songs and like really making it a cohesive thing from start to finish. Cause I think that like a lot of the best art that's ever been made is like that, you know what I mean? A bunch of like the greatest albums that have ever been made. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and then we wanted to even take it like one step further with like the video thing and have, and do like a mixed media sort of release, you know? Yeah, and what, what are some of, I mean, what are some of like your favorite concept projects that, um, you know, kind of led you to this inspiration? Um, for me, a couple of things like I love um, like Neutral Milk Hotel, Airplane Over the Sea. That's a great concept album. Um, I love like like I would, the entire Aaron West project. Oh yes, so yeah. Good. There you go. <laughs> right, that's a good one. Or even like the Wonder Years, I guess. Right, they have like overarching throughout albums concepts, which is so yeah. dope. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I call like Dark Side of the Moon a concept album, like things like that, you know, um, even if it's not necessarily like a conceptually like a, a full storyline, but just albums that are so cohesive that you should listen to them in order, you know what I mean, front to back. Yeah, like my, uh, my personal music choice is like a little bit heavier than 
I would say the two of them. Um, 50 Days and Sleepless Nights. Well, yes. Oh, there's a concept. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that is a fantastic concept album. Uh, Defeater <laughs> is phenomenal. Um, but I was going to say um, Coma Witch by the Acacia Stream. Um, they are probably my favorite band. And it's just a story. It's beautiful as a heavy album. Yeah, the the one that immediately comes to mind when I like hear concept is like Coheed and Cambria, like their whole you know career. I, I don't know much about them, but like <laughs> that's what I know about them. Like, <laughs> I think they have like comics and stuff like that tie in as well. Oh, that's dope! Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, as far as kind of like you know, the chapter releases and then pushing it as kind of one cohesive piece at the end. I think it's really cool that I I noticed on YouTube, I think the, um, you know, the entire video, I think has more views than, I think all of them except maybe the first two or something like that. So it's really cool to me to see that people are, you know, actually taking it in as that way as well, um, rather than, you know, just interacting with the singles as they go. Um, How have you kind of seen um that as you know now that the full thing is out i mean personally that's definitely what i was hoping like i would ideally love you know any everyone who has any interest in this music to uh to listen to it front to back because i think that front to back it holds up better than like any individual single um so that's honestly i haven't looked at the i hadn't looked at the youtube views but that's awesome to hear (laughs) that people are doing that i love that um that's like the best thing I could hear, I feel like. Yeah, I, I feel like this like deserves to be listened to like in the full 18 and you know change minutes. Yeah, as far as the video goes, I feel like we've been having some trouble uploading the full 18 minutes to Facebook and Instagram, other such platforms, but it's all up there on YouTube. So I just hope that's accessible enough for people in the meantime. But we yeah. gotta work on that. Yeah, we yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's been a whole thing. A journey. Yeah, definitely a journey, yeah. Nice. Um, I mean, when I was initially, you know, introduced to the band, I was down at a launch music conference, um, and I think it was uh, one of the panels where they kind of, like, did the the review of a song, and Sunny Monday was one of the ones that was chosen. I almost forgot about that. That that is such a hit, and... um, then that was kind of like what got me to see you that night and i was so glad that i did like the the energy of the live show was something that really connected with me as well and uh, i'm curious like kind of what is your your mindset going in with the uh, with the live show i feel like we just want to like play loud and, and play <laughs> hard and just like have a have a good time i don't know that's how i go into it like playing yeah. live shows is like what it's all about like that is like performing is what makes me the happiest. So I want to make sure I do it right in my own eyes. Yeah, I feel like at that at that panel you mentioned, I feel like we got a critique from someone. Uh, it was saying it was say. like, oh, this is the type of music I, I hope the band would like move around a lot as they were playing it. Yeah. And that show that night, I really took that to heart, and every show since I've had to just you know move around some more because I was never, I'm not the most energetic on stage. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like that is 
kind of changed. Like you're yeah. you're incredibly interactive with me while we play. And that just makes so much of a difference. Yeah, just bring the energy in. <laughs> bring the heat. Bring the heat. <laughs> And uh, just uh, out of curiosity, what would your dream COVID-ending lineup be for uh, for your first show back? <laughs> God, um, dream lineup. Can we say anyone? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pie in the sky, ideally. <laughs> ideally, okay. Um, who, who wants to go first? <laughs> I have no idea. Oh man, forget what bands are. Uh, <laughs> I forget what, what music is, what a lineup is. Um, I, I, I just want to play any show with Jason Allen Butler. There you go. Like Fever 333 or Let Live or just any project he has worked on. That's that's literally it. Yeah. <laughs> I think mine would be, if I had to pick it right now, um, it would be The Wonder Years, um, Future Teens from up in Boston, um, and The Big Fat Meanies from Lancaster. Our, our buddies. <laughs> yeah, that would be my, if I could play any show in the world, like right now, that would be it. What do you got, Anna? I would also love to see The Meanies. I love those guys. Um, I would also have to say Tyler Burkhart. Uh, that's been an artist I've been going back to a lot all throughout quarantine. And I would, I would do anything to see Tyler play. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think combine them all, get the Wonder Years and Jason on the same lineup, get them to play stained glass ceilings. There you go. My guy. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, on, on that tour, they had, I think on some dates they played it, but the date I saw when, like right after the release of No Closer to Heaven, they didn't play it and I was so disappointed. <laughs> yeah, like, they they play it occasionally, and I don't know. It was actually uh, very coincidental. Um, I one of my old bands, like a, like a project I was part of, uh, played at Nightmare Factory where they recorded that album. Nice, that's really cool. <laughs> I, I I mean I talked to uh, Dan uh, like while we were like releasing all of our stuff and he was just so kind about how terrible that building is <laughs> <laughs> and i actually you mentioned um big fat meanies and i know i wanted to ask about um like the the collaborations that you did with them for the, the first album um what was kind of like the process with that and um yeah just kind of like how did that come together honestly um it was Honestly, it was very simple. Um, we talked to we talked to the Beanies, like we're good buds with them, and uh, their bass clarinet player Rick was like, "We should y'all should let us put some horn parts on the album," um, and we were like, "Okay," and and we sent it to him, and and he arranged some stuff, and it was super cool, and and they did it. Um, so like, really, props to Rick for for doing all of that. That was mostly him. Including the uh, gang vocals for uh, oh well yeah oh nice <laughs> yeah it was just cool they wanted to be a part of it yeah and are, are there any other like collaborations that you guys kind of like have planned for the future with uh, with the meanies 
or them or anyone else. Yeah. Um, I guess I don't know that that question. <laughs> it did not like that. That was a, a redundant question. No, no, we don't have anything planned right now. But I'm sure we'll we'll cook something up with the meanies. Um, maybe we we'll have another one in the works. We're we're, we're thinking about uh, one. You, um, we, <laughs> we have stuff in the works. But... Got some ideas. Yeah. yeah, it's it's more just thinking. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> Things up in the kitchen. Nice. And then, you know, I always kind of like wrap up by in the same way by, you know, just asking for um, a piece of advice or kind of something you've been thinking about lately that you think is, you know, something that some others might find value with, something that you feel like, you know, is you would like to share. <laughs> oh, God. That's such a big scary question who's got something i mean it could be it could be life it could be music related it could be you know kind of whatever is kind of on your mind that you you, you want to get off your mind <laughs> um i guess i would say never stop learning personally over quarantine i've taken up uh the drums i've been really trying to improve my skills my boyfriend has a kit in our house, so it's pretty easy. But that's been my preoccupation. Mm-hmm. How do you? That's been my uh, <laughs> interest lately. Yeah. I've also been challenging myself to like try writing my own songs, which I've never done. You know, I'm not much of a lyrics person, but I'm learning. Never stop learning. <laughs> I'm learning how to challenge myself with the music that I make. Anyone I, else? I <laughs> I would like to chime off of Hannah, uh, say just like, yeah, never stop learning, do things for yourself that make you happy, um, including writing your own music, mm-hmm. even if nobody has to listen to it. like. Oh, nobody's gonna listen to mine. It's just No, but like like write something to make yourself happy rather than make other people happy. Yes. Even if other people do find happiness through it. Preach. Yeah. Yeah. Piggyback off that. Yeah. Um <laughs> Um, piggyback off that uh, yeah life is short so like do some shit that makes you happy <laughs> I don't know do some shit that makes do you happy do some shit that makes you happy life is too short <laughs> so follow me also follow us also follow us on Instagram Facebook and watch our new EP <laughs> watch an EP I've never heard that phrase before I don't think <laughs> coining <it>. um <laughs> I dig it. I so dig it. Be ready to watch that. <laughs> also, crying is okay. <laughs> oh yeah, always love a good cry. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I mean, is is there anything um, about the EP or the the band in general that you kind of have been itching to get out that we haven't hit on yet? Uh, personally, I would just like to say that I've been involved in a lot of projects uh, musically, and this is one of the most difficult releases and one of the most things I'm proud of. Like it emotionally is difficult, but I am extremely proud to have have been like a part of it. 
Yeah, I just feel like it was really difficult to navigate the digital platform, which is probably, you know, what made it so emotional and yeah. tedious and difficult. But For sure. I'm pretty satisfied with how it came out. And I hope many eyes gaze upon it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I would say this album was definitely, yeah, in terms of like, releasing it and all the digital whatever and just like this whole new world we live in right now that was definitely challenging um and also it was just like the album that like though it was written um before any of it happened i ended up kind of living a very similar situation to the album like as it was recorded and as we were filming so it became this very like introspective project for me um but I, I'm super happy it's out. Uh, I think we're all super proud of it. Um, and yeah, we just hope that people dig it, you know? And, like, people want to watch it. <laughs> incredibly proud of this. Like, like I was saying, like, I've received so many messages from people uh, just talking about the videos and the songs. And it just, it feels so reassuring you know in a sense this project feels so good to have finally be released for sure yeah and i mean even just like the fact that like you can say you did it like adding that to like your virtual like resume like your your mindset resume like being like yeah we released five videos <laughs> released an 18 minute you know like ep that had a movie essentially like that's like a pretty crazy accomplishment not many people can say that yeah it's definitely been a journey especially because none of us had any idea like what the hell we were doing um <laughs> but yeah. but yeah it worked out really well we were really we worked really hard on it and like we're really lucky that the things came together for it for and sure. we had like the people behind us to help us out like yeah. even if it was just john and lauren like no we had fantastic. we had people who had a vision and also wanted to make this happen for us. <laughs> for sure, I'm so appreciative for that. Yeah, I couldn't have done it without them. We may be at the end of another episode, but I promise that you won't have to wait another month for the next. Be sure to check out Grapefruit when you can. The full video version of the EP is well worth your time, but if you just want a taste, I highly suggest the track Icarus as well as Sunny Monday, which is off their self-titled album. Thanks so much to Wallace for taking the time to talk, and keep your eyes peeled for more cool stuff from them in the future. Also, if you're in the mood for checking out a year-end list, The Alternative just posted theirs yesterday. I'm just the only one that matters. I didn't contribute this year, and I won't reveal too many spoilers, but it includes some of my favorite releases of the year, like Past Guests, Snarls, Barty Strange, Oceanator, and Spanish Love Songs. You can read through it and listen to the playlist at getalternative.com. Find the Call is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. A special thank you as always to The Alternative for helping to promote the show, Kaylin West of Tiny Stills for the theme song, and Kayla Jane Palermo for the artwork. You can keep up to date by subscribing to the podcast and following the show on Twitter and Instagram at FindTheCallPod. Feel free to email any questions, comments, or other feedback to me at findthecallpod at gmail.com. You got this. Have a good day. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week 
I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday.